Pretty good. I was telling some folks earlier that my mom was in town today, and I was reminded that I forgot to mention that this morning that she was here, and and she took us out to eat this afternoon at Ken Lake over at the, the lodge. And if you've been there, you know the food's pretty good there. So I had a good afternoon, and uh, couldn't uh, couldn't move too well after I got up from the buffet, though I was I had my fair share. And then uh, went home, got to take a little nap, and. And um, the United States won the Ryder Cup, and so I was excited about that. I had the opportunity to go to that on Friday. If you're not a golf fan, just bear with me for a second. I, I, love, uh, I, I love sports, and, and uh, I, I try not to take it too seriously. I think a lot of times we take it way too seriously. I know that, that uh, nobody who's a college basketball fan around here takes it too seriously. But, but anyway, uh, it was a really, really neat experience to see just some people from different countries, lots of folks represented from Europe and different places. And so just to be exposed to that and for it to be in my hometown, that was kind of neat too. And, and so anyway, uh, it was a, it's been a good weekend. I, I didn't realize how tired I was. If you've ever been on a golf course, you know it's a, it's a big place. And at Valhalla in Louisville, it's, it covers a little over 500 acres. And so... You're just walking back and forth all day long trying to see different golfers. And, and uh, when, you know, 15 years ago, it would have been a different story. But I was a little sore the next day and a little tired. And so, but anyway, it's been a good, good weekend. I hope if yours was not good that maybe, maybe uh, the remaining uh, part of this week and, and all will be better. And, and if it was good, then I hope you'll tell somebody about it. Maybe they can be encouraged by it. So uh, this morning, if you, if you remember, if you were awake, um, and hopefully you were, we, we talked about uh, the story of Jacob and how his life was really marked by just a struggle, back and forth struggle with God. And I didn't go into great detail about his life, and that was on purpose because I knew you wanted to get out of here before 3 o'clock. So, uh, but but if, you, if you go back and look at the life of Jacob, you, you'll be able to see really the struggle that we're talking about. Even coming out of the womb, as I mentioned this morning, he's kind of nipping at his brother's heels. Had a twin brother, and, 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 and they, were, they went back and forth. His, his dad, uh, Isaac, favored his older brother, his twin brother Esau. But his mom, Rebecca, uh, loved him more. And so, uh, anyway, I, you know, it, it's, um, it's a story that's just amazing. If you look at the whole thing, not just pull out one part, and... And to see him just go back and forth, and he, he's a deceiver, and, he, and then, he, then he gets deceived. The, the tables are turned on him, and, and his life is just, uh, just up in the air all the time. And finally, toward the passage of Scripture we looked at this morning, he seems to get it together. And it's because God really just did something amazing in his life as he wrestled with him, and he gave him a new identity. And, and from that point on, uh, he, he turned his life around, so to speak. He was more stable after that. And so that's kind of what we talked about this morning. And, and one of the things that you see through the first five books of the Old Testament, uh, the books of, of the law, some people would know it as, or the, the books of history, that's, that's a lot of, it's a very historical account. Moses was very careful as he collected pieces of information and artifacts and different things. And, and he, as he wrote it down, he was very careful to give as many details, historical markers and so on that he could. And so you see through that story that, that, that God was faithful over and over and over to his people. And they would fail him, and then God was faithful. They would, they would do something that God wanted them to do, but in the midst of it, they'd also find God was still faithful, and, 
and, and God was a God of second chances and third chances and hundredth chances, and, and he led them into the promised land, and, and they kept an account of what was going on, and, and, and Moses kind of wrote all that down, and of course Moses was not allowed to go into the promised land, and, and so he, when they get ready to go in, they're all kind of, you can picture them out in the desert, they've been walking around for 40 years, a whole generation of Israelites have died, because that was God's promise to them. You're going to die because you didn't trust me. If you remember the story, they sent spies in when they first came to the land of Canaan. Sent spies in. Twelve spies. Two came back with a positive report. And ten came back and said, there's no way. We can't take them. They're huge. There's no way we can defeat this army. Well, naturally, the majority ruled there. And, and the people believed the fact they could not take the promised land. And as a result, God said, you're going to walk around the desert for 40 years because you wouldn't trust me. You wouldn't believe me. You wouldn't say, you wouldn't, you wouldn't trust what I told you to do against insurmountable odds. With me on your side, you still wouldn't trust me. And so they walked around for 40 years. And all the people in that generation that had not believed had to be gone before they were able to go into the promised land. And Moses leads them all the way to that point. And then he does something that disobeyed God. It may seem like a small thing, but it's a big deal to God that we obey him. And he was disallowed from going into the promised land. But right before he sends the people under the leadership of Joshua into the promised land, he kind of lays out for them some stuff they ought to remember, some things that they really ought to know and stuff they ought to be thinking about. And the book of Deuteronomy is all about that. Moses basically giving them a speech, kind of not reading them the riot act, but he's really just laying down the law for them. Remember this stuff. Don't forget this. When you go into the promised land, you're going to have all new things. You've been in slavery for a long time. Then you've been wandering around in the desert forever. You're about to go into the land that God has promised. You're about to see some amazing things. You're about to see God really come through for you. So don't forget this stuff. Because when, when we have failure, it's often easy to cry out to God. I mean, is it not? I mean, it's just, when you're, when you're flat on your face and you just say, I've hit rock bottom. I mean, at that point, you've got nowhere else to go. Most of us at that point would probably be crying out to God, I don't know what to do. Help me. But when you have success, it makes it a little bit different. And sometimes it's easy to forget God. So Moses in the book of Deuteronomy is really challenging. Them. Look, you're about to experience some really great blessings from God. And don't forget this stuff. So that's what we're going to kind of pick it up tonight. And we're going to do things. I just want you to kind of be aware. I'm not going to throw any curveballs at you. But just things maybe a little bit differently tonight. I, would, I want to hear just a little bit from, from you. Okay, so understand that. So get your mind churning just a little bit as we talk about this. And I'd like to hear some of what you have experienced, and I'll get to more of that in just a minute, all right? I'm not going to put you on the spot. I'm not going to make everybody talk. So if you're scared to death and now you're ready to run out, don't worry about it, okay? It's not going to happen. But I would. I would love to be able to hear from you because I know God has done some amazing things in your life uh, and is still doing some amazing things. So uh, check it out if you would. Turn, turn with me to Deuteronomy, Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, and then Deuteronomy. Excuse me, Numbers, and then Deuteronomy. I missed one. I can't count. That's the book of Numbers. Deuteronomy chapter 4. Now at the end of chapter 3 is where Moses is told, you're not going to the promised land. I mean, it's, it's set down, and so he realizes that. And as I said, he's preparing the people for what they're about to experience. And he's going to give them a challenge. And he says, look at verse 1. Hear now, O Israel, the decrees and laws I am about to teach you. You'll lay it out. 
Follow them so that you may live and may go in and take possession of the land the Lord, the God of your fathers, has given you. This is an exciting time. I mean, it really is an, an incredible time for the Israelites. They have waited and waited and waited and waited. God's promise to them included land, descendants, and a blessing. And they're about to take possession of the land. They've got the descendants. There's about anywhere from, some estimates would say, anywhere from 500,000 to 1.5 million people with them. They've got the descendants. Now they're about to see another part of God's promise be fulfilled in the land. Do not add to what I command you, and do not subtract from it, but keep the commandments of the Lord your God that I give you. And then he goes on to list a few things that they have, that they have seen. Um, and look at verse 6. Observe them carefully, for this will show your wisdom and understanding to the nations who will hear about all these decrees and say, Surely this great nation is a wise and understanding people. Then look at verse 9. Only be careful and watch yourselves closely so that you do not forget the things your eyes have seen or let them slip from your heart as long as you live. They had seen some really amazing things in the desert. In a time that nobody would have wished for, they saw God every morning provide them food. Every morning they get up, there's food on the ground. They go pick it up, they eat it, now, they had the same thing for every meal for 40 years. Now, that might get a little bit old, but at least they had something. God didn't have to do that. They had disobeyed him. He could have written them off and started over with somebody else. But God, over and over, for 40 years, took care of them. They saw the cloud by day and the pillar of fire by night, the very presence of God who led them around in the desert. They saw some incredible things. They saw Moses go up on the mountain and come down with the Ten Commandments. I mean, they saw incredible things. Incredible things, And Moses says, be careful and watch yourselves closely so you do not forget the things your eyes have seen nor let them slip from your heart as long as you live. So he's challenging them to remember what they have seen, what they've experienced. Don't let it slip away no matter how much time goes by, no matter how many successes you may have, no matter what God does in your life, don't let it slip away. And finish verse 9. Teach them to your children and to their children after them. Remember the day you stood before the Lord when He said to me, Assemble the people before me to hear my words so they may learn to revere me as long as they live in the land and may teach them to their children. One of the things that I thought was really interesting about the story of Jacob was that it was passed on that because he wrestled with God and, and, and in that he, his hip was touched. And because of that, they didn't eat the tendon close to the hip. Now, we made that just kind of weird to us. I don't know about you. It's just kind of odd that for some reason they wouldn't do that. But there was something important about that event that was passed on, and it affected the way they lived. You think about the people who have had an impact in your life. Maybe it's been your parents, and they may already be gone to be with Jesus, and maybe it's a grandparent. They may already be gone. Maybe it's been a friend or a spouse or whomever it is has really left an impact in you. They probably told you their experiences. They probably let you. They probably never forgot what God did in their lives. And I don't know about you, but sometimes for me, when I face some tough times, I sometimes forget all the goodness that God has brought in my life. When you get discouraged or maybe depressed, you just kind of think, well, it's, this is the way it's always been, this way it's always going to be, and boy, it's difficult. Moses challenged those people, no matter what you face moving forward, remember what your eyes have seen. Don't let it slip from your heart what God has done for you and teach it to your children. 
Here's what I'd like us to do tonight. In the past few weeks, I've tried to give you something on Sunday nights that you can do immediately and then continue after that. All right? Now, that's, that's hopefully the goal of each time that I stand before you. But on Sunday nights, we try to do something just in here. A little smaller crowd, maybe a little bit easier to do that. And so uh, a couple of weeks ago, we, we talked about how our words have the power of life and death. And if you were here that evening, remember that before we left, the challenge was speak life into someone. Because most of the time, people are not speaking life into each other. It's just the way that it is. We either don't say anything or we don't have anything good to say. So we, we left that evening with the challenge to that night and then the remaining week, speak life into someone. Last week, we talked about the fact that, uh, that our encounters and so on, we have the perfect opportunity to, to seize those for the Lord and to look for the, the people in our lives that maybe we haven't said anything to in a while, maybe we haven't thought about, we haven't communicated with them, maybe we haven't stepped out to share the Lord with them. And so that was the challenge, was to think about that one person or a couple of people that we could do that with. And, and I, I told you that I'd be making contact with my father-in-law, Scott. And, uh, and someone called me this week to find out if I had done that. And, and my response was, yes, I left a voicemail on Saturday. I have not gotten a call back, but I did leave a voicemail. And uh, my mother-in-law was in town this weekend. I saw her. I mentioned to her that I had left a, a voicemail with Scott just to let him know that you know, I knew he's in the field harvesting. And, and, you know, it's with the wind and all last week. They just live, you know, a couple hours north of here, so they got it as well. And, and so anyway, so I, you know, I tried to do that. I don't know what your experience was this week. Hopefully, uh, if the Lord brought that back to mind, then you acted upon that. And, and so I appreciate uh, getting the phone call to remind me and to, to hold me accountable for that. And, and, uh, and hopefully, over time, we'll, we'll see that, you know, maybe that's a relationship that can be used by God for something incredible. And tonight, I want us to think kind of in the terms of we're going to do something here and then take it with us and try to do something outside these walls as well. So here's what I'd like for us to do. The challenge for the Israelites, I believe, can be just transferred to us today. That they were challenged to not let what they had seen be forgotten. What they, what they had experienced, not let that slip out of their hearts just to kind of never be talked about again or be an experience just in the past, but to remember those and then to pass them on. We talked this morning about kind of marking those events, recording that, keeping a record of what God has done. Some of you have probably done that. Some of you are probably really good at writing down and, and keeping a record of what God has done. Some of you are really good at telling that story. And so we, we face a challenge this morning. So here's what I'd like for us to do tonight. I would like... For just, say, the next 10 minutes. We'll make it short so that we're not on the spot and so that uh, you know you don't have to fill up the next 30 minutes. Okay, how about that? I would like for you to begin thinking about, and if you're willing, to share with us a story in your life where you have found God to be totally faithful in your life. Now, here's what we're not going for. We're not going for heaping praise on some other person that's in here because you like them and you feel like they need a boost tonight. We're talking about what has God done in your life. Now, if he's used somebody, that's, that's great. All right? So understand, we're, we're thinking about how has God in your life been found faithful. What are the memories that you have, the markers in your life? You know what? I remember facing this situation, and God came through, and I don't want to forget it. And I'm going to tell a story. Very briefly tonight, I'm going to tell you what happened. Maybe you've got a story that's kind of like that. And for the sake of just making sure that everyone can hear us, I've got a microphone. We'll make sure it's not turned up real, real loud. If you're scared to death to talk on a microphone, I understand. But we do want to make sure that everybody has the opportunity to hear what God has done. All right? So 
I want you to think for just a moment, and, and we'll take about five or ten minutes, and if you've got a story that you'd like to share that would be something that other people could benefit from and how you found God faithful, you don't have to be perfect. You don't have to feel like you're the greatest speaker in the world. Just tell what God has done in your life. All right, so I'll give you a moment to think. I'll grab the microphone. We'll test it to make sure that it's on, give you some time there. And if you've got something, just lift your hand. I'll bring it to you, share very briefly, 30 seconds to a minute, about what God has done. And then we'll hopefully move on to someone else and just kind of hear some stories tonight of what God has done. Make sense? All right? Nobody's, nobody's running away yet, so we're good. You may run away in a minute. I don't know. But I'd like to hear it tonight. I'd really like to hear what God has done in your life. We have some incredible, incredible people in this church. And God has done some amazing things in your life. Let's not let it be forgotten. Let's tell the story. Think about it. We'll check the microphone and see if it's working. Is there anyone in here? Now, now somebody's going to have to get us started. You're going to have to be brave. All right, you're going to be brave. All right, I'm bringing the microphone back there. Thanks for being brave. I appreciate it. As most of you know, I'm a nurse. And um, in nursing, we have times in our career where we think, why are we doing this? I'm sure just like anybody's career, I don't know. I've always been a nurse always wanted to be a nurse so all I know is nursing but um, probably a year and a half ago I got that feeling once again what am I doing why am I doing this and um, I knew I couldn't do the nursing I was doing but I knew I always that's all I knew so um, I went to Vanderbilt and um, for the third time, looking for a job there. And they said to me, get in line with the 200 other people who would love to be a daytime nurse at Vanderbilt. So I said, okay, God, you must want me somewhere else. You must want me to stay at Paris and be a nurse there. Don't know why. I hated it, but that's where you wanted me. So... I left it with him, and um, two days later, Vanderbilt called me and said, we have a day position for you. And so um, I work there. It, I give more. I think they give me more than I ever get, give them there at Vanderbilt. And um, that's my story. Cool. Thanks. I don't have to walk far. That's good. All right, we got well, um, everybody in here knows I went to Russia one year as a nurse <laughs> on a medical mission trip. And um, 
um, what an impact that made on my life. I was scared to death. I didn't feel like I was a very strong Christian at the time, but I had to have a testimony ready. I had to have um, scriptures memorized. I had to, you know, take this flight. I had to leave my kids. I was scared to death. And, um, you know, I just had an incredible, incredible time. And uh, it's it's something I'll never forget, and I know everybody in here has already heard about it. <laughs> but um, anyway, I just felt like the Lord just uh, got me through that time, and it was a great experience. Any other brave souls want to talk about what God has done in your life? And I'm not sure how much of this I can talk about, but most everyone in here knows me. <laughs> I've gone here all my life. But January 31st of this year, I lost my husband. And Austin lost his daddy to a brain tumor. We had a rough, rough nine months before that. And this year has been awful trying, but everyone knows that. But if we hadn't had God in our life, I don't know how we could have done it or how we are still doing it. We have good and bad days, a lot of bad ones, but God helps us through it. You know, and, and there's a lady, I guess I can tell this to really show how God works. There's a lady I work with, well, I mean several people, but I know she's unchurched. She always talks about, used to when she was younger, she went to church, goes to church, and she um, sits by me at work. And one day she came over to me and she said, I don't know how you do it. You come in here every day, and you keep going on, and you have a smile. And I just keep saying to her, I couldn't do this if God didn't help me. And, you know, I said, I've had a hard time. Why did God take Ben away from us? I have. But, you know, I thought I've touched her somehow at work. It's on. It's ready to go. When I was on the Enterprise, I'd been on the Saratoga when it went down, but I escaped. And we, then we lost all of our planes that day, all but two, and they landed in the water. And uh, then we went back to Hawaii and drawed new planes. Then we went on the Enterprise, and we went to the Battle of Santa Cruz, and we was always in one battle after another anyhow. And uh, so we was, uh, Renfro and I, we was first-class mechanics, and we was there to send the airplanes off, the torpedo planes, the last one that went in the air. And the, the pilots would call us us up and ask us, could, we, could they fly with that instrument like that or something? So we'd give them the okay. And, uh, but we were supposed to pass the ammunition in the Marine gun galley, which was three five-inch guns. And we were going to pass the ready ammunition there when, when the battle started. And we was at general quarters when the last plane went off. And I said, Renfro, we, a friend of first class, Renfro from Glasgow, Kentucky, I said, we've got to go over here and pass ammunition while our planes are flying. 
he said, oh, there's a coal scuttle about up here that we can get a cold drink of water at the forward of the bridge. So we went up there, and while we was there, the, the deck started to tear it up. The, the Japs followed their machine guns in to see if they was going to hit the ship. So we run and jumped over the side and took cover, and we stayed there during the whole battle. And there's a lot of fires going on in the ship, and they got the fires out, and we went over to the gun galley that we were supposed to stay at, and everybody, all 61 people in there were burned up, and us two was the only one saved, just because I wanted, Renfro wanted to get a drink of water, <laughs> so. That was an incident, but it was a good one for us. Absolutely. Wow. Wow. And we're happy you're here. That's for sure. We're happy you're here. Absolutely. And we all have different stories and different angles of how God has worked in our lives. For some of you, it's similar to maybe what you've heard. Some of you, it's totally different. And one or two more, if, if anybody else wants to share and we'll move forward. I'll give you something you can take with you and, and do. Miss Pearl. She's a trooper. She's here twice today. Just out of the hospital and here twice. I don't know exactly when it was, but, and I'm glad I don't, but if it hadn't been for God's help, I wouldn't be here today. Mm. I just thank you. When I was in college, which was a long time ago. A couple years ago, right? A couple of okay. years ago. I was at a BSU state convention. And at that time, I was just going to college. And I knew that God's will was for me to be a teacher. And I'd always said I wouldn't be a teacher because my mother was a teacher and she wanted me to be. So I went on to finish school and went on to teach. And when we moved to Murray, I got a job very easily because the Lord wanted me to teach. But then in 1975, the school I was teaching in, which was the laboratory school on campus, was closed. And I could work one year on campus. And when school was out, I didn't have a job. And every job I applied for, they'd say, you're too qualified for this job. Summer school had started on this it was on a Monday, and I got a call. We've got a job for you, but one thing you need to know, it's in special ed, and you have to have 23 hours to finish your endorsement. And there I was creeping co-ed. Well, I said, well, I'll let you know tomorrow. If I'm going to do it, I'll let you know in the morning. Of course, there was a lot of prayer then, and I knew the Lord wanted me to teach. I went right on to school. They took me right on in, late enrollment. And I took two classes that summer and started teaching that fall, special ed. It was one of the first units that the county had ever had. I had children from second grade to eighth grade, and I had 15 children. And they came in individually. There might be a seventh grader and a second grader. But I knew this is what the Lord wanted me to do. And then... When I had my 30 hours up, 30 years, I thought, do I need to go on and teach? Is that what the Lord wants? 
and I, I convinced myself he didn't want me there. Now I could do something else. So with that, I was able to do things here at church that I'd never been able to do. And I felt like that I was following God's will. You're a tough lady. You teach special ed for a while. And a year. one. I was a high school teacher, and I only lasted four years. So I took early retirement after four years of teaching. That was enough for me. Here's what I'd like for us to do as we kind of go. I know there are probably stories spinning around in your mind, maybe some things that you just, you say, you know, really it's probably not maybe the place for me to share it, or I'm just not really good with talking in front of people, and that's okay. There's no problem with that. Don't feel any sort of let down because you didn't share your story. Please, don't. I guarantee you, if you think, you've probably got one story and well, that one makes you think of another one, and then you've got another one. There's one about your kids and you, about your grandkids, you just, about your neighbor, about folks you've worked with, people you've known just over and over. You've heard some tonight. Maybe you knew, maybe you didn't know. I certainly didn't know, so thank you for sharing. I didn't know those stories. And, but we, we've got some things that I think that if we'll put our minds to it and if we'll remember what God has done, if we'll make a note of what God has done, if we'll talk about what God has done, I would venture to say that just as He used the people of Israel and their story, and God is still in the business of using the stories of His people to impact those around them, to impact this community. And there are people, as Matt Johnson, the pastor of the Journey Church, if you're here this morning, mentioned on the video, that 70% of the people in Callaway County aren't really going anywhere at all not really going to church anywhere. Now that's obviously some of them are, are unable to go somewhere. We understand that's no problem. But a good portion of those people probably are not going because maybe God is not a part of their life. What if we had some stories to tell? Just some practical stories of just everyday living. Everyday living that God has done something in my life. And I'm going to make sure I remember it. I'm going to write it down. I mean, what if your kids and your grandkids, your great-grandkids knew your story? I was listening to something, uh, Focus on the Family program this week, and the gentleman on there was talking about the fact that they, in his family, they memorized Scripture together. It was a big challenge to me, it really was, to help my kids memorize Scripture. And he said, you know, the greatest thing you can pass on to your kids is a love for Scripture. And I thought, wow, what what about that? One of the other greatest things you can pass on is the story of what God has done in your life. What if we pass that along? What if our kids, who maybe have strayed a little bit, understood that God has done something amazing? We don't understand this is real. This is not something you just talk about on Sunday morning. It happens every single day God is doing something. What if your grandkids knew that Grandma and Grandpa, they, they've experienced God in a real way? What if they caught hold of that? What if? Before we leave tonight, I'm going to give you the opportunity. And I just bought a few, and you can take one if you want to. You don't have to. Um, to to take with you, I, I just picked up some little notebooks. Maybe you remember a notebook that looked kind of like this. You used one of these back when you were in school, maybe. And just a little composition notebook. It's got 100 pages in it. And maybe you just say, I'll take one of those and I'll start writing my story. I'm going to start writing down what God has done in my life. I'm going to write the history of God's work in my life. And I'm going to try to remember as best I can, and my thoughts may be jumbled a little bit at first, but I'm going to, I'm going to do it. 
I'm going to make sure that somebody knows my story and they've got a record of what God has done in my life. And if it's for nothing else than for you just to remember, because maybe you need some encouragement, you look back over the last few years and say, God has done some work. I'm going to write it down. I'm going I'm to remember what he's done. Or maybe you know that you've got some kids and grandkids that if it's written down, one day maybe they'll be able to read it. One day they'll hang on to that and say, this is what God did to my mom, my dad, my grandma, my grandpa. Maybe it'll mean something to them. It'll be used by God in a very special way. And I, I was thinking about those of us that have children or maybe you have grandchildren. And, and one of the things that, that uh, Nancy and I have tried to do, and, and, and like most people, it's difficult to be consistent with it, but we picked up some little notebooks for our, for our kids. And, and what we've tried to do as best we can is at night we just have them tell us some things they'd like to pray about. We're keeping a record of the stuff they're praying about. And at night, we just say some prayers with them, and they normally repeat the prayers after us. And we just we pray for those things. So if you've got maybe kids or grandkids, you just say, you know what, let me get a little notebook, and I'm going to try that. And I'm going to pass that maybe to my kids who have the grandkids, and then, you know, I give it to them. Or maybe you've got, you know, a neighbor or something. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to make sure we keep a record of my kids' spiritual journey. I've got some things at home that are some spiritual journals that I've kept over the years from when I was in high school. And every once in a while when I, when I see that box, you open that up and just think, what was God doing in my life back then? And I want to challenge you. I really want to challenge you and encourage you to begin writing down your story. One of the things that Nancy and I are going to begin to work on is some sort of plan that we can uh, kind of compile some of these stories. Put them together in, and not in a book form, but maybe just a little binder or something that that we can say, here's the story of what God has done in the people of Elm Grove Church. You want to know what God has done, how He's been active in the people of this church? Just read this. It's amazing. And maybe you've got that one story you say, you know what, that's a story I'd like to include. I want to be a part of, of that binder of stories. I want to put my story in there so maybe if somebody who visits and we mail them a copy of that, they just read what God has done over and over and over in the life of this church. What kind of impact would that have? So I want to challenge you to get started, maybe writing some things down. If this notebook isn't it, if you're a computer person, get on there and type it up. Or maybe you just say, you know what, I, I just, I, I'll tell you my story, you write it down for me, call me. I'll come and listen to your story, I'll write it down for you. I'd love to. I was a history major, it kind of interests me anyway. So I, I, I like taking notes and I'll do it for you. But, but somehow let's get our stories onto paper. Let's, let's follow the challenge that Moses gave to not forget what God has done, to not let it leave our hearts. And write it down and pass it on. Teach it to our children. Teach them the experiences we've had. So these things will be up here. It's not going to cost you anything. You take one. I've got about ten of them. So if we run out and you, you want one, I'll get you another one. How about that? You just let me know. I'll make a list and we'll get you one. All right? But if you've got your own notebook, that's fine too. There's not a grade on this. I'm not going to have you turn it back in and see how well you wrote it. I just, I want you to do it, number one, just, just so you remember God's faithfulness. Number two, so that you can pass it on. Number three, maybe it can be an encouragement to other people in this body. All right? So that's, that's what I, I, I want us to do. Uh, as as uh, Randy and Miss Bobby will close us in, a, in one last song, I want you to, to, to just during this song maybe reflect. Maybe, you, maybe you'd sing out of a heart that's been changed by God. Maybe you just reflect. You spend some time in prayer. Maybe you know, man, I want to write my story down. You've got a person in mind that you want them to hear what God has done. You pray for them. 
But however God wants you to respond during this time, let's do it as they lead us, and, and then we'll close in prayer in just a moment. Please.